Welcome back to Foundations. We're here on week three, and we're going to be talking a little bit about um, repentance and baptism. But as a reminder, it would really help us if you would like the video, yep, yep. subscribe to the channel. It'll mm -hmm. help push that out there so more people can join us for Bible study. They'll see it in their notifications, and you'll never miss an announcement when Pastor John and Pastor Teresa put that out every week. Yeah, and I just think of, of so many conversations that I've had uh, with a number of you, and, and you're asking good, sincere questions, and I just think the answers are, are right here in the foundations that we're talking about. And so at your convenience, you can jump on, you can watch, you can open the Word. So uh, that's what we're doing. We're help answering the questions that we all have. Yes, and as a reminder too, you can get a copy of the Purple Book at each campus. They're $10. See the next steps area. We cover some of the topics that are in here, but there's a lot more you can dive into mm -hmm. when you're studying the word at home. That's right. And, and it gives you a fuller picture of what we're talking about each week. That's right. That's exactly right. You, you know, we started off two weeks ago and we talked about the problem, the big problem, the problem that you have, I have, every one of us in the human race have, and that's our sin problem. Mm. And start with the Adam and Eve and their disobedience, but the sin problem that disconnects us from God and separates us from God. And the thing was that you will experience death. And that's, well, a physical death. It's appointed man, unto man once to die. But the real death is spiritual death, separation from God. And the answer for spiritual death is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he came. That's why he gave his life on the cross. And that's why he rose again. And he said himself in, in John 14, 6, absolutely, there's no other way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes unto the Father except through me. So as you can see, you know, in our core values, it's all about Jesus. Amen. He is the answer. And, and there's some steps to that taking place. And I think what we're going to talk about uh, right now is an aspect that maybe um, we have a false or faulty concept when we talk about repentance. Before we get to water baptism, it's an important step there, but repentance. And I, I think that at times there's a negative aspect there when you think of that word. Uh, I, I, I think some people may think condemnation. They may think uh, of, of the guy and which we've seen maybe years ago. And I, I saw one la last year, not too long ago, uh, on the corner in the city with a bullhorn or a placard, repent, the end is coming, repent or you're going to die. Mm. And there's truth to that, but that's only partial truth. Right. And, and, and so it's like a condemnation there. And so we're going to break this down. What does it mean to repent? What are we talking about? Yeah, and, and sometimes, too, when, when I think of repentance, and, and it's usually a, a, a position before God. You know, sometimes I think of repentance as, oh, I'm crying, or I feel grief over something that I've done wrong. And, and we just need to remind ourselves that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Amen. He calls us to be transformed. Romans tells us to not be conformed by the patterns of this world, but be transformed by okay. the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. And repentance at its core uh -huh. is a renewed thinking and, and a biblical aligned thinking. That's right. Right. And, and so we're going to see what this really is. How does that take place? Uh, and it's a positive thing because it leads us on the way that God has for us. Amen. And so uh, let's open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. We thank you for the wonderful gift 
of salvation, your grace. I pray today as we open up your word, get into your word today that you uh, just teach us, grow us, bring understanding, and uh, it's our desire to follow you and to walk with you. So thank you for what you're going to do in these moments together. Bless, uh, we pray, uh, those that are joining with us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we're going to look at uh, and I want you to be able to share a little bit here. The, the gripping story, and it really is, uh, and most of you have heard this story, uh, the prodigal son, the lost son, Luke chapter 15, and Jesus tells the story. We see that chapter, things that are lost, lost sheep, lost coin, we see the lost son. And I think we all can relate to this, that uh he separated from his father, and he went his own way to live his own life. And so as we look at that, turn to Luke chapter 15. I want you to get, get a handle there, and um, we start thinking about that. What did the prodigal son do? What did he say? What did he desire? And um, so as John's turning there, I'm going to just ask him some of his thoughts about what we call the lost son there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a cornerstone story in the gospel. It, it represents really essentially what repentance and salvation should look like. It's a great picture. And, and um, it shows us how the Father interacts with us and how the Father is waiting and longing for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, go ahead. If I can interject, yeah, yeah. I think uh, that is so true. Waiting long, looking for us. Mm. I think it's a great part of the story. The Father never stopped looking for his son with anticipation. Mm. Yeah. He was there. Um but essentially, the story is about three people. We have the father, the older son, and the younger son. That's right. And, and what happens is the younger son is looking for his wealth. He's looking for his inheritance. And, and he did not want to wait. And so in this story, he goes to his father. He expresses that, I want my inheritance now. Essentially, in the Jewish culture, he says, you're no good to me alive. I want you dead. I want what you have. Give it to me now. And the father could do that in that culture. Of course, uh, the greater portion went to the older son, but the younger son could do that and receive, and if I'm remembering correctly, a third uh, of that whole inheritance. Right, right. But as you were saying here, it, it, it's a show of great dishonor and great disrespect to the father. Right. And so the father um, acknowledges his son's request. He gives him the inheritance. The son goes and squanders the wealth. He's living life large. He's partying. He's doing everything he can. The Bible says he wastes it and he throws it away. And he finds himself in a position where life is difficult. Famine hits the land. So it's difficult for everybody. And and yeah. he's got nothing left. Yeah, it, it Really, it, it says, and uh, we don't want to get too uh, graphic here. That's where I'm going. He wasted it. Wild living, wasted on, on, let's say, partying, money, prostitutes, yep. women, yep. Uh, drunkenness, whatever was available in that day at that time, he did it. Mm. That's what he did. He says he just went all out, and as long as he had lots of money, he had lots of friends. Yeah, yeah, and and 
So the famine hits the land. The Bible says that he begins to starve and he's out of food. So he persuaded a local farmer. I'm reading from verse 15. Yeah. So Luke chapter 15, verse 15 said he persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him into the field to feed the pigs. Now, that's really important. If we're not Jewish, we don't understand. But but they looked at pigs as dirty. They weren't to associate, be a part of. That wasn't part of their tradition. And so here this Jewish man. You don't eat pigs. You don't raise pigs. Right. Here this Jewish man spent all of his father's wealth living the way he wanted to, and he found himself in his own cultural context the lowest his life could get. That's right. He was working with the pigs. You know, and if and I think too, even even the story with with Jesus, when he cast the demonic spirits out, they went into pigs and the pigs didn't even want to deal with that. They jumped off that cliff. Yeah. So so this young Jewish man wasted all this time. He he was at the worst possible place he could be in his life. Mm. Yeah, the lowest of the low. Yeah. That's why we're bringing the point out. That's why John is emphasizing that that he was with a Gentile farmer herding, raising swine, pigs. And so he was far from God, far from his father, far from the culture. He was he was at the worst place he could possibly be in life. He couldn't yeah. get any lower at that time. Yeah. And so verse 16 continues to read that the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding to the pigs looked good to him, but mm. no one gave him anything. Mm-hmm. Mm. So he lost his friends, he lost his family, lost it all, and he had nothing. Mm. And 17, the Bible says that when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself. That's a good line right there. That's, a, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He came to his senses. Mm-hmm. said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I'll go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as mm-hmm. a hired servant. Mm-hmm. Do you want to expound on any of that? Well, that's what we see. And so if you're in the in your purple book there, if you're in the book, what did he say to his father when he came back home? And the father, once again, was able to receive him right away. The father was looking for him. Uh, and I want to talk about this in a minute. Yeah. That, that um, the father ran to him. Yeah. And the father runs to him. And, and the son's response, uh, I, uh, to me, it sounds like he's been rehearsing this for all the days he's walking back home, that he's traveling on the dusty roads. And how am I going to face my father? What am I going to say to my father? So he has this rehearsed speech, rehearsed speech that, that he wants to say to dad. And it's true, but I've sinned against God and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And, and what that's all very true. And I, I'm beginning to see a heart of repentance there. Yeah. It's absolute. It's real. It's genuine, sincere. But I like the response, really, uh, of the Father. And this is a picture of God, our Father, our response to you and me. uh, When we have been rebellious in our wrongdoing and our sin, we come to him. And I like that the Father doesn't pick up the narrative and go along with that that line of reasoning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the Son says, I'm no longer—yes, you have sinned. It's real. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And the father doesn't pick that line of reasoning up. And this is what I want to bring out. What was the response of the father? Man. Yeah. So the father, verse 22, quickly runs to the son. He gives him his finest robe in the house and puts it on him. And then I think this is cool. I love this one always blows my mind. He gets him a ring for his fingers and a sandal for his feet. Amen. 
This is significant because with the family ring, it was a representation of authority. That's it. The father reestablished the son's position and authority in the family. The ring was a symbol of being able to purchase and buy on somebody else's behalf. Here's the credit card. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. And it says that, that you're right. Not only the purchasing, that that's the family signet. That's the family name. You didn't listen. You're my son. You're my son. And then... What and he, he fully accepts him back in. He says, let's kill the calf. We're going to throw a party. We're going to celebrate my son has returned. Oh, home. we're having a barbecue. We're going to have beef brisket. Oh, Man. that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds real good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but um, you know what? I do want to pull something from this because many times, even myself, I, I remember I shared with you a few months back, the Lord even changed the way I was thinking because when I came to Christ, and, and it was in a radical way, I saw myself as, God, I'm a servant to you. And, and it, I had this master servant's attitude where, God, this is what you want from me. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And that's a good heart to have. But I remember the Lord checked me and said, listen, you're treating me like a ser- or as a master servant. You're a son. Amen. And, and even the son in this story, and I didn't see this until we're reading Amen. it right now. Amen. The son in the story said, I, I'm going to treat my dad like master. And the father totally disregarded that and reestablished him as a son. And so it's crazy that even today we still are living out this story that Jesus put out before us. I see you want to say something. No, no, that's good. Keep going. Keep going. That's good. And so so as a reminder, yes, we have sinned. We've done wrong. There's times we've squandered opportunities and what God has put before us. But God is not looking to just create a a master-pawn relationship, a master-servant relationship. He's looking to reestablish you as a son and a daughter, that you've been brought into the family. You've been given the family seal. I love that even he put a new robe on him. He he cleaned him up and took him and brought him and reestablished him as part of the household. With full rights, full privileges. Yes, Yes, we're here to serve. We, we, We have a mission, but the first and foremost truth is we are sons and daughters of the most high God and he gives him the robe of the guest of honor yes and we're throwing a party and a celebration and this is also a very real picture of what happens any day of the week and what happens on Sunday when we give the invitation to receive Christ that when someone or several people pray that prayer which we call the sinner's prayer but asking Christ into their life what happens absolutely in heaven, breaks out into a celebration and a party. Amen. A sinner has come home. A lost son has come home. A lost daughter has come home. And that is a powerful insight. That That is so true. Jesus is looking for us to come back into his family, looking for us to be his children. Far more than, than we're not hirelings. We're not uh, like the son thought, I can just be a hired servant. They have a better, no. Yeah. Sons and daughters. So we spent a lot of time in this aspect, but this is a picture of the repentance that takes place in, in our life. So let's, let's move on a little bit, unless you have something else to say there. Well, the, the only other thing that we, we didn't talk about was the older son's attitude. Yeah, and, say and, that, say that. And I think that's important because just a quick summary, we see that the older son's jealous. He recognizes the his brother squandered everything while meanwhile he's been faithful the entire time and you see the father corrects his attitude Mm -hmm. it's it's listen we as church people we need to celebrate when people come into the heaven and into the kingdom and not just think about well i've been doing this all my life we we need to rejoice when god rejoices yeah we can't fall in and and uh we better not identify as the uh, older son. Yeah. Sometimes we can do that if we're not careful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And 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 just remember, the father said to him in verse 31, 
You've always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. Amen. You've always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. You know, we just had the Matt Muscatel. Did I say the last name yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He was here this weekend, and he was talking about the benefits to Christ. Everything God has is yours. It's Amen. made available, Amen. including salvation and forgiveness. Yep, yep. The, the full blessing, and that's what we, we, we need to see that each and every day, and may we never, ever take for granted this wonderful gift of salvation that we want to see so many people. We want to see people come into the family of God, the kingdom of God, and we want to be able to rejoice over that. But also, as we grow and mature in our walk with Christ, may we never, ever be humbled, humbled mm-hmm. by that Jesus Christ saved me and forgave me and brought me into his family. May that be really, that's the greatest miracle of all, the greatest of all. May we always rejoice over that taking place. So we're going to move ahead and go to Acts chapter 2. Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose again the third day. We see 50 days after that resurrection, uh, we we see for 40, 40 days after, Uh, 120 believers met in the upper room and they were praying and they were worshiping because Jesus said when he ascended into heaven to go there and and believe for the gift of the Holy Spirit and be filled so you're empowered to reach the world for Christ, basically. Mm. And so something takes place and Peter stands up and he begins to preach. St. Peter is transformed through denying Christ. Now he's preaching Jesus Christ. And he begins to preach, and he's really, we want to see what he's preaching here, Acts chapter 2. And um, he declares Jesus is the Christ. He's Lord. Christ the Greek, Messiah, is uh, the Hebrew, the anointed one. He's the Savior. So Christ isn't Jesus' last name. It means this is who Jesus is. It's also not a curse word. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Unfortunately, that's what's happened. Yeah. Uh, so wh- how did the people respond to Peter's message? He began to preach Jesus Christ. He's the Savior. He died. He was crucified. He was in the grave three days. He rose again. He ascended into heaven. He sits at the right hand of God the Father. And he begins to preach that there's salvation in another than Jesus Christ. And so we see in verse 37, Acts chapter 2, what was the response? Uh, the people asked, what should we do? We, we've heard the message, we've received, we believe, but what's next? Yeah. That's really what the question was. What, what do we do next to, to walk in the fullness of this? And, and so they asked that question, and then Peter responds. He says in verse 38, repent, turn, and be baptized. Yeah. Repent, turn, and be baptized. Yeah. Here's the next steps. Change your old way of thinking. Yeah. Turn, that's what it really means to be Turn from your sinful ways by accepting Jesus Christ and walk in the new way, the new life that Jesus Christ has for you. Mm. And you said this in the beginning, Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, we're not conformed to this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. He gives us the ability, this free will, we can change. Yes. And yes. sometimes people are stuck and unfortunately stuck in a place I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. I can't change, I can't change, I can't change. I want to tell you, with Christ, all things are possible. He says we can. Mm. And the big part of repentance is we need to humble ourselves yes. and come before the Lord, and we're able to do that. And this is the light that He has for us, so it really takes place. 
and and some of the other challenges we have if, if you've been in the church for a while um, we can sometimes get laxative in our uh, zeal to study the word of God and and so what happens is as we consume what the world is telling us and we become lazy at consuming what the word of God speaks to us, we start to conform our minds again back to old patterns, back to new thought processes. So this act of being transformed in a renewed mind, it's a daily process. You're you're being transformed by either the culture and the culture's point of view and what the culture says about, I'm just going to get into it, gender identity and word of God and all that stuff. We're either going to be transformed by that or we're going to be transformed by what the word of God says and his principles say. Exactly. Exactly. And when Peter was saying this, and this is what you're saying, what happens is it's a continual happening process each and every day. Yeah. It's not one and done, but God, yes, forgives us and, and he separates us, separates us from our sins and puts us in right standing with God. And now we become the righteousness of God in yes. Christ Jesus. But it's a continual work because uh, we're in this world each and every day. Yeah. This world is broken by sin, confused by sin. Satan's the author of confusion. That's why we have the different thoughts and mindsets are taking place. You said it. We love everyone. But we, we see that Christ has a whole new way of life for us. I have my sin that I de- had to deal with and Jesus had to deal with and deals with. You have your sin and, and he has his and she has hers. And so that's what we're saying here today. This world has no concept, really, of sin. There's no right and wrong. But Jesus comes and he says, I offer you a new way of life, the best way of life, the best way of living. Yeah. And then Peter says, here's the promise. You're going to be forgiven, and, I'm, and the Lord's going to give you the promise of the Holy Spirit. What we need is counsel. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us and teaches us, opens up the Word of God so we can understand the Word of God. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live. I've tried, and it was frustrating, I've tried at times early in my Christian life by sheer willpower and energy, I am going to do better, I'm going to live for Christ, and it was frustrating, and I failed every time. Mm, been there. <laughs> yeah. It's not fun, is it? No. It's no. not an enjoyable, what, what do you mean this full life? What do you mean abundant life? I don't feel that, I'm going to experience that because I'm trying to live for Christ on my own. But by His Spirit, it's a full life. By His Spirit, it's an enjoyable life. Yeah. And so, man, when, when there's repentance, there's forgiveness, and, and we're, we're set free. And so, then we need to move along. But Could I add just one more Yeah, thought? go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to get here. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think, too, for, for some of um, the brothers and sisters out there who are worried about, well, well, that's offensive if I, if I stand on the Word of God. I'm not asking you to be a jerk, but I think what we have to remember is the Word of God in and of itself is offensive. It's offensive to my sin, to your sin, to everybody's sin. And, and the question we have to wrestle with is, who am I willing to offend? Am I willing to offend somebody else for the benefit, or am I willing to offend God for what he that's said? That's right. That's right. And, and that's a wrestling match yeah. we all have to deal with. We've got to be a God pleaser, not a man pleaser. Mm. I have to make sure, though, I, I speak the truth in love. in love. I have to make sure I speak the truth and not condemningly. Right. Because as John just said, this word does divide. Jesus said it will divide because it's truth and it's an offense to my sin and to my rebellion. Yeah. That's just the way it's going to be. And so we got to make sure we share that. And so Jesus, uh, through Peter, uh, the risen Christ, uh, Peter proclaimed and he preached, be saved from this crooked and unjust 
generation. Well, <laughs> 2,000 years later, crooked, unjust generation. But he speaks that word. And here's the amazing thing. Without modern technology, microphone, sound systems, or three screens in the sanctuary, he preaches the simple Powerful word of God. 3,000 people are saved. It must have hurt his voice after that one. <laughs> Supernatural yes, application. Yes. 3,000 people come into the kingdom of God. Amen. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit to convict. And that's what we're praying for. Uh, that the Holy Spirit's the one that's going to convict hearts, draw us to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. So then we look at repentance turning from sin. And what's the message that Jesus preached when he walked the earth for three and a half years there? Yeah, Jesus proclaimed that the kingdom of God is here and now. Amen. It was ready for you. And, and when Jesus didn't just preach it, he demonstrated it. People were healed. People were set free. Yes, People yes. traveled distances to see who Jesus was because he brought something this world didn't know mm. and didn't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and so that was the message. Forgiveness is here. The power of God is here. The kingdom is available. All you have to do is repent and believe. That's it. God's love is here. God's mercy is yes. here. Yes. Uh, according to 1 John 1, 9, what promise do we have from God when we repent of our sins? What promise do we have? That we're forgiven and it cleanses us from wickedness. Amen. We're forgiven mm-hmm. and we're... Co- well, do you want to break down what wickedness is? Because is there is that... Because I know we got into iniquity and sin the first week, but but what is it talking about with mm-hmm. wickedness? Yeah, when we talk about our sins, we can talk about rebellion, wrongdoing, wickedness. And, and what comes to mind when I think of wickedness is things that we do as human beings that are absolutely contrary to the nature of God, the will of God, the word of God. Mm. I think contrary to the creation of God that takes how God created us as his people, male and female, and we begin to do things in our life that's totally opposite of how God's created us. I look at that as wickedness, you know? And what do we do when we do that? We hurt ourselves, destroy ourselves, and those that are around us that we're in contact with. That um, sometimes we think, uh, I talked to a man, you know, know, right here, and it wasn't uh, a few years ago, and um, he was newer in the Lord, and he said to me, you know, we're talking about God forgiving sins and all of our sins, and whatever I had said in the message might have triggered some thought of his, and he says, but God can't forgive a murderer, can he? If you murder, he can never be forgiven. And, and I said, well, the good news is yes. Let's look yeah. at the Apostle Paul. Yeah. The greatest evangelist wrote, writes two-thirds of the New Testament, the Apostle. God forgives that. Yeah. And so whatever is covered there, our wrongdoing, our sin, our wickedness, you know, it's all sin. Yeah. It's all wrong. But he forgives all of our sins and forgives all of our iniquities. Mm-hmm. And Jesus according to the word of God, says he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. And so that's what God can do. I think that's why you also did the East to West Cafe. That's exactly it. You want to put that reminder right in the church. Amen. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. East West Cafe. God does that. Okay. All right. So if you're following along in the purple book, if we look at lesson two, question five, it talks about what did Jesus say would happen if we don't repent? We need to see this. This is important. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And Jesus really says... These are the words of Jesus. That's what's important. It's not 
my opinion, my interpretation of the word. This is Jesus, who we call Christ and Lord. He says that you will perish unless you repent. That's right. He, he was very clear. There, there isn't this. Um, Jesus was very open that there was only one way to the father. We talked about that last week in the lesson, mm-hmm. that he was the only way. There was the only connection. But he's also very clear that unless we repent, we turn to God. And again, we it's. Repentance is not this ugly word. It's talking about a surrender. It's not condemnation. It's saying, Lord, I give you the way I think, Mm -hmm. the way I live. Mm -hmm. I trust you. I may not Mm -hmm. always understand it, but I submit it to you. And Jesus says, unless we have this transformation of mind, body, and spirit, because it it, it encompasses all of us, Mm -hmm. then we'll be completely separated from God. Yeah. If not, we're going to die in our sin. So this is the key component. If we're going to receive the free gift of salvation, the grace of God, if we're going to receive uh, the new life he has for us, the new birth, born again, repentance has to take place. Yeah. Without repentance, it's not really taking place. Right. It's going to become a form of godliness, a form of religion once again. Without the power. Without the presence and the power of God. Amen. Amen. So who does God command to repent? Right here we see each and every one of us, all of us, have to come to this place if we're going to come into the family of God and receive everlasting life and be forever, forever with Christ in eternity. And it says, uh, let's go on. Okay. Where do you want to jump to? Uh, We can look at a number of scriptures here, and we see some pictures. I I think we've talked uh, about that part. Let's go to lesson three. Okay. And we, we look at that word repentance or, or true conversion. And I like how the book brings it out simply two sides of a coin. One side's repentance. The other side of that coin is this element and aspect of faith. And we can't turn from something without turning to something else. Mm. And um, uh, people have tried that, but it's only Jesus Christ that sets us free. Yeah. So I've got to turn toward the Lord. Yeah. And he helps me and he enables me. But, um, I mean, if I want to get clean and and I, I want to stop a, a lifestyle where alcohol has bound my life, so to speak, and that it's one thing, but uh, there's still a great void in my life. And the only one that can fill that void and that hole is Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and, and we have to remember, too, that we're not just living life by ourselves. You know, we live connected to the supernatural. That means that there are demonic activities that place, there are divine activities that take place. And really, mm-hmm. um, Acts 26, 18 brings that out. It says that we must turn from darkness to light, yep. that we must turn from Satan to God. And so there is yep. this, mm-hmm. some people think that, that, well, Satan's not real, the demonic's not real, that we live kind of in limbo. And if we want to follow God, we can do that. And we have that opportunity. The Bible is clear. We're either following Satan. I think even Jesus said that we're either sons of Satan or or we become sons of God. There's no middle ground. And you got to know, we talk about the love of God and the great love of God and and the unlimited love of God. But I'm going to tell you, Satan hates you. Yeah. You're created by God and for God. He wants your destruction, your demise. There's no way he wants you to accept Christ, live for Christ. And if you do accept Christ, he wants you to be miserable and not fulfilled and living the life that Christ has for you. He'll do everything to keep you and I away from the life that Christ has for us. He's got a plan for your life. It's death and destruction. God has a plan for us. It's life. Yeah. Eternal life. Yeah. And and 
Whatever God creates, Satan counterfeits. That's right. You know, when God created a family, he created mm-hmm. it with an order. He created Adam and Eve, going mm-hmm. back to gender identity there. God created it. Satan tries to counterfeit and create his own family. That's and, right. and we can either choose to be conformed to his understanding mm-hmm. or God's. That's and, right. and so you're never in the middle. You're one or the other. That's right. God is truth. Jesus is truth. Satan is the author of confusion, the Bible says, and he is the father of lies. Yeah. Amen. Here's the probably the most quoted and known verse in the Bible, and share that with us right there. <laughs> well, he said that. I didn't look. I was like, what, Jesus wept? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> maybe yeah, for some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the shortest one. For the kids' ministry, that's the, that's the one. All right. Uh, Which one are we at? Uh, the most quoted scripture of all, I think the most famous, John three sixteen. Yes, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. It's so it's open for everyone, yes. whoever, mm. whoever. Man, we, you look at that, uh, and it's not a white man's religion. No. It's, it's not an American religion. Jesus wasn't white, and he wasn't American. Jesus was a Jew, and he was more brown than he was white. You yeah. know, he's from the Middle East. And what we see is for everyone, every man, woman, every ethnicity, we're all one race. We come from Adam and Eve, and after the flood, and Noah, his son spread out, and so we have the different ethnicities. But I want to tell you, whoever believes, yeah, whoever believes, and that, that's, that's more than just saying one prayer. What God has for us there is that we put our complete trust in Jesus Christ. And um, he is the only one that can give us this eternal life. When we turn to him, repent, and come to him, we really do find life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I, a- I like, too, how it says to you that God loved the world. Some people think that, like, God hates the world. and it, No, He remember, week one, he mm-hmm. created everything mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. called it good. Amen. Well, God creates Satan counterfeits. He loves the world so much that he gave his son. That's right. And he didn't close the gift of salvation. You know, we, I've talked to a few different of uh, our kids volunteers, actually, that they've had that discussion. Well, is salvation a closed thing? No. He said, whoever believes. Mm. That's open. That's it. That's open. Yep. Whoever believes. Mm. We read in the prodigal son, when the mm. son came to his senses. That's right. When he came to his senses. And his thought, I really believe, was the father can't love me anymore. There's no way he can yeah. still love me. And that's powerful. Yeah. In the picture of God our Father, He loves us, absolutely loves us. The lie of the enemy is there's no way you can be loved. And there's probably some of you watching too, and and you have had children or family members or siblings that have walked away from God. You know, I'm in that same category. I have some family members who aren't serving God right now. This verse is for everyone. Amen. It is for everyone. Mm -hmm. You can repent. Mm -hmm. You can come back. Our job is Mm -hmm. to continue praying and interceding. Remember, Mm -hmm. we're never neutral. There is a spiritual battle going on for people's eternities. And we can pray that God would make himself known and strong and redeemed. That's why we have to keep praying, because prayer is powerful. Yes. There's times we can only say so much. There's times where... Where we shouldn't say it's not the opportune time right. and we can't manipulate the conversation that's why we have to pray God answers prayer prayer is powerful Amen. and he'll move upon the heart of the person that we're praying for caring for Amen. want to see come to the kingdom where they truly where we truly trust and rely upon the Lord it's not just a head knowledge because it says in your purple book there it says G said even the demons have an understanding. Yes. They believe he's Jesus. They don't doubt that he's Jesus. Yeah. 
There, there's no way Satan knows that Jesus is Lord of all. His demons know Jesus is Lord of all. And, and I looked at that in the Amplified, and I just want to take a moment here because it kind of brings up some of the, the, the original thought there. Demons know that he is God and he is holy and he's perfect and they are in awe and filled with terror because they have seen his wrath. Mm. Wow. We're getting a whole discussion there. I know you're a big Star Wars fan. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes. The battles in the galaxies from yeah. time past. I, I get a picture of that. One third of the angels of heaven went with Satan with Lucifer, they became the fallen angels' demons, and I think they experienced then the wrath of God in the first phase. Yeah. He's God. They know that. Yeah. But they're not born again, they're not saved, and they're never going to come to that place of salvation. So God has more for us. We're fully believing, trusting in Him, the life that He has in store for us on this earth in the fall of eternity. And it says, the promise of those who truly believe, John six forty seven is eternal life. We can't forget that. We're living forever and ever and ever and ever. That's a little hard because all we know is this thing called time. Yeah. He's before time. He's after time. He created time. We're going to live beyond time. Mm. We're living forever. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, I've heard this before. I've said this before. Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. I like that. Yeah. You've got your stuff. I've got my stuff. And we need to realize uh, we've got a future in Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a total future. So we're going to wrap up with water baptism real quick. Why is water baptism important? Well, Jesus commands it. Okay. I mean, that's, that's first and foremost. Okay. Jesus commands it, you know. Um, so whatever he says goes. Mm-hmm. But water baptism, really, it's it's acknowledging everything Christ has done for us. Yes. And this, in the summation, it's saying that Christ, I believe in you. I believe in who you are. I'm trusting you with my life and your teachings. You're worthy to follow, and I want to make that public. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, there's four different illustrations to help us understand that significance of water baptism. Yes, you can accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Go to heaven without being baptized in water. Right. We see the first big example of that was the thief on the cross. This day you'll be with me in paradise. But if we have the opportunity and the chance in this life, we need to see it's the next step, natural progression. Progression. I accept Christ as my Savior, and the next step is? Water baptism. Water baptism. Water baptism. And so we see this illustration of burial and resurrection, Romans 6, 4, and 5. The Israelites crossing the Red Sea when they escaped from Egypt because Egypt represents to us... Sin in the past. That's right. Sin, bondage, enslavement. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 1 and 2. Circumcision, Colossians 2, 11 and 12. And then the great flood, 1 Peter 3, 20 and 21. And we look at that, that we look at really Jesus Christ. He died on the cross and he was buried and in the grave three days. And then he walked out of that grave. Walked out of the grave. And so it's a picture of our life. That that the old man, we died to the old self-rule. We we, we are are buried and we're raised to walk in the newness of life that Christ has for us. And so anything you want to add about water baptism there? There's there's so much we could say. There is. I think there, there... I think there's a spiritual element to it as well. Jesus meets us in those waters. Amen. You know, I, it's it's a time we celebrate that somebody's going public, 
but I believe God meets us. He he begins to soften our heart in that moment. He, I believe he gets to cut away some of that sinful nature that has been a part of our lives. So and, much he, so. and he redeems our hearts to be passionate about him. So it's not just an act of obedience. Christ does a supernatural work there. Yeah. It's part of those steps of repentance. Yes. I'm stepping out of this way of life to the way of life God has for me. And it's a public declaration. I'm identifying, identifying with Christ. I'm yeah. identifying with the church, the family of God. Yeah. And you're going to strengthen your faith and your walk. It's going to strengthen you and embolden you yeah. to live for Christ, to speak for Christ. We have water baptism coming up here at Morningstar, both campuses uh, Pretty in, soon. in late April. Late April. Look for that uh, advertisement and you can say, hey, I need to identify with Christ. I need to live for Christ. Get signed up. And really, I'm glad you said that. It's spiritual what takes place. Yet the waters aren't mystical and magical, nothing in themselves, but the process is spiritual. Yes. Yes. Amen. And if you want deeper teaching, when you sign up for water baptism, we send you an additional video that, that goes throughout the history of it, why it's still used today. And so you'll be able to get that um, after you sign up for water baptism. Amen. The Lord command us, go into all the world, Matthew 28, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Foundations. It's great. I love it. I love it. We call it the John and John show. <laughs> well, Stay tuned. We may be talking about food in the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week.